This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 711, comic reviews for the week of Wednesday, September the 18th. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. This is a nice, quick little episode as we take a look at some of the releases from the week of Wednesday, the 18th of uh, September. As I record this, that's already 12 days away, or in the past, so we're going to make this a little bit quick, because uh, this is, uh, I keep trying to do these reviews episodes, and for whatever reason, I keep end up uh, having them come up much later than I would have expected, and in this case, it's actually adversely impacted the next episode, uh, which is a great conversation I had with Fabian Nicias a, a few days ago, actually, I guess almost a week ago now, um, so I'm excited to be able to talk about that, um, and actually have that po- episode up, but I can't put that episode up without first having our reviews episode this week, so some of the books that came out on the 18th of September include Absolute Carnage Lethal Protection. Aquaman, Black Panther, and the Agents of Wakanda. That was actually a first issue uh, by Jim Zub. Um, let's see, what else do we have going on? We've got Death's Head, Deceased, Halloween Comic Fest Special Edition, Flash Forward Number 1, Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man, Gardens of the Galaxy, History of the Marvel Universe Number 3, Inferior 5, Justice League, Lex Luthor, Euro the Villain, Magnificent Miss Marvel, Nightwing, Savage Sword of Conan, Spider-Man, Star Wars Age of Resistance Ray, Star Wars Age of Resistance Rose Tico, uh, Star Wars Dr. Aphra, Supergirl, Superman, Superman's Pal, Jimmy Olsen, Teen Titans, Titans Burning Rage, Tony Stark Iron Man, Valkyrie Jane Foster, and Wonder Woman, come back to me. So what the heck did I read if all those books came out? Um, Well, the first book is none other than Absolute Carnage number three. Um, Really enjoying this overall. I think it's a really solid event. It's by Ryan Stegman. Uh, on art, you got Donnie Cates writing it. You got J.P. Mayer on inks, and you also have uh, Frank Martin on colors and virtual calligraphies, Clayton Cowles on letters. Um, and this book is just, first of all, it looks phenomenal. The colors are fantastic. This has got to be some of the best work of Ryan Stegman's career, and that's saying something. He's already a favorite artist of mine, and yet he really nails this one. Uh, the color art is really something too, because. Um, I mean, it, it's it's very dark. Um, some of the the choices on red are really vibrant, and some of them are deeper. Um, and there's a, it always feels like there's a very specific purpose for each of the reds. Um, I love how Eddie Brock and the symbiote are kind of fighting each other and really at odds in terms of what they're doing. Um, this is just really thrilling. The, the whole beginning of it with the action is really interesting. Uh, and then you kind of move forward, and then things do not go the way you expect and um that's kind of crazy too because you don't even realize what really what's happening at first and then you realize it and um yeah you have you know the the carnage symbiote has infiltrated the hero's lab uh it's you know helped to infect people um it's pretty crazy and the, the big ending is you know is almost what feels more like a bigger event than the rest of the like as much as this is a big event, it's definitely spilling out everywhere. It also it still does feel relatively intimate. And so the last issue here, so the last page here, where Hulk finally gets bonded to the Venom symbiote somehow for the first time ever, um, it does feel more eventy and less what this has been. Like this has almost been like as much as it's kind of a big event book, it has felt more. I, don't know, I want to say metal, but a little bit more underground, a little bit more indie in its sensibilities, and in, in, in that it doesn't hasn't generally felt like it falls into a lot of the the, the traps or the um, the regular beats that you'd expect a big Marvel event to have. Yet yeah, this this one moment, as much as it's cool and, and definitely sets up a cool thing, um, it felt kind of strange and like not like it felt like where I would have expected this to go. And it feels a little bit more 
typical of an event. Um, but I'm, again, I, I'm excited to see where this event goes. I mean, I don't think I've read a bad tie-in yet. I think it's been an interesting ride, and I'm definitely interested in seeing what happens next and where it goes. So, um, I mean, they haven't lost me. I, even if this is a little bit more like the ending feels like kind of a mainstream, typical, you got to have like a big thing. But I, this is fantastic. It looks great. It's well written. Uh, I'm in for the ride. I'm going to give this a nine. I, I just don't think there's a bad page in the bunch. Even the last page being a little bit of you know, not typical, but feeling more like a, a typical event in some ways didn't distract from how cool the issue was. And it was still a good moment. Um, just something I did notice. Uh, so that's a nine. Next up, we have Batman seventy nine. Um, this is by Tom King. Our work by Clay Mann. Um, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed the last issue, and I enjoyed this issue too. However, I'm also very cognizant of the fact that this doesn't feel like it's going. Like it, it's it's just taking its time, and um, like it's a gorgeous looking issue. It's it's an interesting issue. Um, I just feel like we got two issues to do a lot of talking, and if, it, I guess you can't hold comics to old standards. But there used to be a time and place where. If you came into an issue, even if you're in the middle of the storyline, you would get enough information on what was going on. Yet here, if you've missed the last couple of issues, fuck, man, you you are lost. There's no way you're gonna easily get caught up because they don't give you that. You know, there, there's a lot of you know Batman with with that ridiculous mustache just hanging out on a beach, and um, yeah, and, and even here, like we got the some of the events that take place in this issue take before seventy seven, so like we're kind of not even necessarily all that linear um i like some of the ideas about the relationship and seeing kind of batman and catwoman back um as a team as a unit and the idea of you know this ongoing idea of where they met and that's kind of being refined here as the where they met for this new story this new version of them um i like it a lot i just find the pacing is so problematic and like what it in the last two issues what have we really gotten that did, did it need to be done this way? Like, it, it just feels so slow and navel-gazing. Is it entertaining? Yes, it is entertaining. However, if you honest to God ask me to describe the plot, I don't even know what this is. It's, you know, the Batman and Catwoman recuperating, and it just it feels so alien because it doesn't feel like Bruce. It doesn't feel like Bruce would take the time at all. I feel like he'd be, like, raring to go, I gotta go back to the city, I gotta take on Bane, I gotta figure this out, I gotta put a team together, I gotta do shit. And yet, you have him on the beach hanging out, and it just, it feels false. So it's like, I like the issue. It looks good, it's well-written, I like the writing, but the writing, as much as it's, you know, from a technical standpoint, well-written, it's also infuriating. So I don't know where I fall on this. I'm gonna give it an 8. I feel like... It could have been higher. It could have been lower. I don't even know how I feel anymore, and it's a very distracting book in that regard. Uh, next up, we have Dead Man Logan, issue number 11. We're almost done by Ed Burson and Mike Henderson. This book has been fantastic. Uh, it's been two different books. I would say it's not just one big story. I mean, it is all about Logan, but the first six issues and this last six issues are completely different. Um, really liked kind of where this went with Sinister and with Bruce and how Logan just isn't willing to quit. Um, and also what happens at the very end with Danielle Cage. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in. I'm curious to see exactly how it's all going to end. Um, I do feel like this series has played fast and loose with the healing factor, though. Like, I feel like he was really falling apart in the first six issues, and then ever since, like, you know, he gets hurt, but he's not so hurt. Like, he's, he's not as hurt as really he should be. 
and they've just kind of played fast and loose with just how bad the healing factor is. But this was this was immensely entertaining. Um, you know, the way in which Sinister looks is definitely a little bit off model, and I don't know if it necessarily makes a lot of sense. But I was into the story enough that that did not distract me. And next up is, and last up this week actually is House of X number five. Uh, this is by the Dream Team, or at least the Dream Writer Jonathan Hickman. This time he is joined on art by Pepe Larraz with Marte Garcia on color art and Clayton Cowles from Virtual Calligraphy on Letters with Tom Muller on Design. And I love this. Um, this is also one of those issues, though, or one of these series where I'm not even really sure what the plot really is. I guess there's more movement than in Batman, but it definitely is one of those things. This is where a lot of the pieces and what we first saw in the first issue really come into play. And uh, we see that how... You know, the big deaths that happened in the last issue where the X-Men died trying to stop the Mother Mold from coming online, how there's a failsafe in place. Um, so they bring together five mutants who you can't imagine working together, and it just seems like such a weird assemblage where you have gold balls, and it turns out he's actually creating eggs. You have Proteus, who's able to make the eggs viable. They you know, inject it with the DNA of a mutant, the preserved DNA of a mutant. You have Elixir, uh, the life giver, then kickstarting the process. And then you have Eva Bell uh, using her mind, or sorry, her time powers to accelerate the, grow- the growth. Working with, and they're all working with Hope Summers. And then as a result, they use uh, Cerebro, which actually all these years has been loading and taking a hard copy, basically, of everyone or every mutant's mind. And then they download it into these new bodies, and they're awake. Crazy crazy shit and yet i was so into it that i'm like yeah i'm in like that's cool the weird part of the issue is the weird kind of religious uh, moment where the brothers and sisters of krakoa are supposed to show you know the miracle because of the five you have all these x-men who died or back and it's the idea that we see them do we know them and it's very religious and just an, an odd just such an odd book um but I, like, I dug it, and I liked it. But it was so strange, and I don't know if I buy Storm acting like this, but again, it's so entertaining that I kind of gave it a pass. Uh, and then the last of the issue it was all about what's going on with uh, Xavier and Emma Frost, and that's really intriguing as well. Um, and then you have all the, all the mutants of the Marvel Universe have been invited, even if they're villains, to Kokoa. And having the way that Apocalypse comes home is so fascinating, and it's just interesting how he talks to Kokoa, um, how it's been too long, and how he gets welcomed home uh, if you are with us, then come be with us. Come home. That's Magneto uh, at the end of the issue. But uh, fascinating. I really dug this. This is one of the stronger issues. This is one of the ones I believe that was kind of highlighted in red as having a big moment. So I'm going to give this a, a nine. I think it was this one. I could be wrong. But I'm going to give this a nine out of ten. I was so enthralled. Um, I'm curious when it's all over to kind of read it and say, what did this really give us? What did these ten issues really do? Um, but um, interested to see what happens when we get there. Anyways, that is everything for this week. Um, in a couple days, uh, we're going to have the next reviews episode, hopefully up really quick. That's going to be all the books that came out on the 25th of September. Uh, some of the books I'll be talking about there is definitely Amazing Spider-Man 30, uh, Powers of X number 5, uh, sorry, Powers of 10, I should say. And then there's a bunch of other books that are coming out. I don't know which ones I'll be talking about, including Action Comics, Avengers, Batman Beyond, Batman Curse of the White Knight, Captain America, Detective Comics, Marvel Comics Presents, Marvel Team-Up, uh, Superior Spider-Man, Thanos, The Flash, The Terrifics, Wonder, Wonder Woman, Wolverine Annual, and much more. So I don't know which ones we'll be talking about in that episode, but that'll be our episode 713. You can email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. Uh, you can rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and also listen to us on Stitcher. Episode 
12 will be the aforementioned uh, conversation and interview with Fabian Nicieza. And then episode 7, uh, that's 712, 7.14 will be our discussion of uh, the Joker movie that comes out on the 4th of October. So thanks again for joining me, and we will catch you next time. Bye-bye.